Chapter Twenty Two of Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two: The Burglary. Hello! cried a loud, hoarse voice as soon as they set foot in the passage. Don't make such a row," said Sykes, bolting the door. "Show a glim, Toby." "Aha, my pal!" cried the same voice. "A glim, Barney, a glim. Show the gentleman in, Barney. Wake up first, if convenient." The speaker appeared to throw a bootjack or some such article at the person he addressed to rouse him from his slumbers, for the noise of a wooden body falling violently was heard, and then an indistinct muttering as of a man between sleep and awake. Do you hear cried the same voice there's bill sykes in a passage with nobody to do the civil to him and you sleeping there as if you took laudanum with your meals and nothing stronger you're only fresher now do you want the iron candlestick to wake you thoroughly a pair of slipshod feet shuffled hastily across the bare floor of the room as this interrogatory was put and there issued from a door on the right hand first a feeble candle and next the form of the same individual who had been hereforto described as labouring under the infirmity of speaking through his nose and officiating as a waiter at the public house on saffron hill mr sykes exclaimed barney with no real or counterfeit joy cupid sir cupid here you get on first said sykes putting oliver in front of him quicker or i shall tread upon your heels muttering a curse upon his tardiness sykes pushed oliver before him and they entered a low dark room with a smoky fire two or three broken chairs a table a very old couch on which with his legs much higher than his head a man was reposing at full length smoking a long clay pipe he was dressed in a smartly cut snuff-coloured coat with large brass buttons an orange neckerchief a coarse staring shawl pattern waistcoat and drab breeches Mr. Crackett, for he it was, had no very great quantity of hair either upon his head or face, but what he had was of a reddish dye, and tortured into a long corkscrew curls, through which he occasionally thrust some very dirty fingers, ornamented with large common rings. He was a trifle above the middle size, and apparently rather weak in the legs, but this circumstance by no means detracted from his own admiration of his top boots, she contemplated in their elevated situation with a lively satisfaction bill my boy said this figure turning his head towards the door i'm glad to see you i was almost afraid you'd given up in which case i should have made a personal venture hello uttering this exclamation in a tone of great surprise as his eyes rested on oliver mr toby crackett brought himself into a sitting position and demanded who that was the boy only the boy replied sykes drawing a chair towards the fire one of mr flagin's lads exclaimed barney with a grin fagin's eh exclaimed toby looking at oliver what an invaluable boy that will make for the old lady's pockets in chapels his mug is his fortune to him there that's enough of that interposed sykes impatiently and stooping over his recumbent friend he whispered a few words in his ear at which mr crackett laughed immensely and honoured oliver with a long stare of astonishment now said sykes as he resumed his seat if you'll give us something to eat and drink while we're waiting 
you'll put some heart in us or in me at all events sit down by the fire younger and rest yourself for you'll have to go out with us again tonight no not very far off oliver looked at sykes in mute and timid wonder and drawing a stool to the fire sat with his aching head upon his hands scarcely knowing where he was or what was passing around him here said toby as the young jew placed some fragments of food and a bottle upon the table success to the crack he rose to honour the toast and carefully depositing his empty pipe in a corner advanced to the table filled a glass with spirits and drank off its contents mr sykes did the same a drain for the boy said toby half filling a wine glass down with it innocence indeed said oliver looking piteously up into the man's face indeed i down with it echoed toby do you think i don't know what's good for you tell him to drink it bill he had better said sykes clapping his hand upon his pocket burn my body if he isn't more trouble than a whole family of dodgers drink it you perverse little limp drink it frightened by the menacing gestures of the two men oliver hastily swallowed the contents of the glass and immediately fell into a violent fit of coughing which delighted toby crackett and barney and even drew a smile from the surly mr sykes this done and sykes having satisfied his appetite oliver could eat nothing but a small crust of bread which they made him swallow the two men laid themselves down on the chairs for a short nap oliver retained his stool by the fire barney wrapped in a blanket stretched himself upon the floor closed the outside fender they slept or appeared to sleep for some time nobody stirring but barney who rose once or twice to throw coals on the fire oliver fell into a heavy doze imagining himself straying along the gloomy lanes or wandering about the dark churchyard or retracing some one or other of the scenes of the past day when he was roused by toby crackett jumping up and declaring it was half-past one in an instant the other two were on their legs and were actively engaged in busy preparation sykes and his companion enveloped their necks and chins in large dark shawls and drew on their greatcoats barney opened a cupboard brought forth several articles which he hastily crammed into the pockets barkers for me barney said toby crackett here they are replied barney producing a pair of pistols you loaded them yourself all right replied tony stowing them away the persuaders i've got them replied sykes crape keys centre bits darkies nothing forgotten inquired toby fastening a small crowbar to a loop in the skirt of his coat all right rejoined his companion bring them bits of timber barney that's the time of day with these words he took a thick stick from barney's hands who having delivered another to toby busied himself in fastening oliver's cape now then said sykes holding out his hand oliver who was completely stupefied by the unwanted exercise and the air and the drink which had been forced upon him put his hand mechanically into that which sykes extended for the purpose it was now intensely dark the fog was much heavier than it had been in the early part of the night and the atmosphere was so damp that although no rain fell oliver's hair and eyebrows within a few minutes after leaving the house had become stiff with the half-frozen moisture that was floating about they crossed the bridge and kept on towards the lights which they had seen before 
they were at no great distance off and as they walked pretty briskly they soon arrived at chertsey slap through the town whispered sykes there'll be nobody in the way they like to see us toby acquiesced and they hurried through the small main street of the little town which at that late hour was wholly deserted a dim light shone at intervals from some bedroom window and the hoarse barking of dogs occasionally broke the silence of the night but there was nobody abroad they had cleared the town as the church bell struck two quickening their pace they turned up a road upon the left hand after walking about a quarter of a mile they stopped before a detached house surrounded by a wall to the top of which toby crackett scarcely pausing to take breath climbed in a twinkling the boy next said toby oast him up i'll catch hold of him before oliver had time to look round sykes had caught him under the arms and in three or four seconds he and toby were lying on the grass on the other side sykes followed directly and they stole cautiously towards the house and now for the first time oliver well nigh mad with grief and terror saw that housebreaking and robbery if not murder were the objects of the expedition he clasped his hands together and involuntarily uttered a subdued exclamation of horror a mist came before his eyes the cold sweat stood upon his ashy face his limbs failed him and he sank upon his knees get up murmured sykes trembling with rage and drawing a pistol from his pocket get up or i'll strew your brains upon the grass oh for god's sake let me go cried oliver let me run away and die in the fields i will never come near london again never never oh pray have mercy on me and do not make me steal for the love of all the bright angels that rest in heaven have mercy upon me the man to whom this appeal was made swore a dreadful oath and had cocked the pistol when toby striking it from his grasp placed his hand upon the boy's mouth and dragged him to the house hush cried the man it won't answer here say another word and i'll do your business myself with a crack on the head that makes no noise and is as quiet as certain and more genteel here bill wrench the shutter open he's game enough now i engage i've seen older hands of his age took the same way for a minute or two on a cold night sykes invoking terrible imprecations upon fagin's head for sending oliver on such an errand plied the crowbar vigorously but with little noise after some delay and some assistance from toby the shutter to which he had referred swung open on its hinges it was a little lattice window about five feet and a half from the ground at the back of the house which belonged to a scullery or small brewing place at the end of the passage the aperture was so small that the inmates had probably not thought it worth while to defend it more securely but it was large enough to admit a boy of oliver's size nevertheless a brief exercise of mr sykes art sufficed to overcome the fastening of the lattice and soon stood wide open now listen you young limb whispered sykes drawing a dark lantern from his pocket and throwing the glare full on oliver's face i'm going to put you through there take this light go softly up the steps straight afore you and along the little hall to the street door unfasten it and let us in there is a bolt at the top you won't be able to reach interposed toby stand upon one of the hall chairs there are three there bill with a large blue unicorn and a gold pitchfork which is the old lady's arms 
keep it quiet can't you replied sykes with a threatening look the room door is open is it wide replied tony after peeping in to satisfy himself the game of that is that they always leave it open with a catch so that the dog who's got a bed in here may walk up and down the passage when he feels wakeful <laughs> barney ticed him away tonight so neat although mr crackett spoke in a scarcely audible whisper and laughed without noise sykes imperiously commanded him to be silent and to get to work toby complied by first producing his lantern and placing it on the ground and then by planting himself firmly with his head against the wall beneath the window and his hands upon his knees so as to make a step of his back this was no sooner done than sykes mounting upon him put oliver gently through the window with his feet first and without leaving hold of his collar planted him safely on the floor inside take this lantern said sykes looking into the room see the stairs before you oliver more dead than alive gasped out yes sykes pointing to the street door with a pistol barrel briefly advised him to take notice that he was within shot all the way and that if he faltered he would fall dead that instant it's done in a minute said sykes in the same low whisper directly i leave go of you you do your work ark what's that whispered the other man they listened intently nothing said sykes releasing his hold of oliver now in the short time he had had to collect his senses the boy had firmly resolved that whether he died in the attempt or not he would make one effort to dart upstairs from the hall and alarm the family filled with this idea he advanced at once but stealthily come back cried sykes aloud back back scared by the sudden breaking of the dead stillness of the place and by a loud cry which followed it oliver let his lantern fall and knew not whether to advance or fly the cry was repeated a light appeared a vision of two terrified half-dressed men at the top of the stairs swam before his eyes a flash a loud noise smoke a crash somewhere but he knew not he staggered back sykes had disappeared for an instant he was up again and had him by the collar before the smoke had cleared away he fired his own pistol after the men who were already retreating and dragged the boy up clasp your arm tighter said sykes as he drew him through the window give me a shawl here they've hit him quick how the boy bleeds then came the loud ringing of a bell mingled with the noise of firearms and the shouts of men and the sensation of being carried over uneven ground at a rapid pace and then the noise grew confused in the distance and a cold deadly feeling crept over the boy's heart and he saw or heard no more although mr crackett spoke in a scarcely audible whisper and laughed without noise sykes imperiously commanded him to be silent and to get to work toby complied by first producing his lantern and placing it on the ground and then by planting himself firmly with his head against the wall beneath the window and his hands upon his knees so as to make a step of his back this was no sooner done than sykes mounting upon him put oliver gently through the window with his feet first and without leaving hold of his collar planted him safely on the floor inside take this lantern said sykes looking into the room see the stairs before you oliver more dead than alive gasped out yes sykes pointing to the street door with a pistol barrel briefly advised him to take notice 
that he was within shot all the way and that if he faltered he would fall dead that instant it's done in a minute said sykes in the same low whisper directly i leave go of you you do your work ark what's that whispered the other man they listened intently nothing said sykes releasing his hold of oliver now in the short time he had had to collect his senses the boy had firmly resolved that whether he died in the attempt or not he would make one effort to dart upstairs from the hall and alarm the family filled with this idea he advanced at once but stealthily come back cried sykes aloud back back scared by the sudden breaking of the dead stillness of the place and by a loud cry which followed it oliver let his lantern fall and knew not whether to advance or fly the cry was repeated a light appeared a vision of two terrified half-dressed men at the top of the stairs swam before his eyes a flash a loud noise smoke a crash somewhere but he knew not he staggered back sykes had disappeared for an instant he was up again and had him by the collar before the smoke had cleared away he fired his own pistol after the men who were already retreating and dragged the boy up clasp your arm tighter said sykes as he drew in through the window give me a shawl here they've hit him quick how the boy bleeds then came the loud ringing of a bell mingled with the noise of firearms and the shouts of men and the sensation of being carried over uneven ground at a rapid pace and then the noise grew confused in the distance and a cold deadly feeling crept over the boy's heart and he saw or heard no more end of chapter twenty two